Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two. Roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good Monday afternoon, everybody. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson, Dalton Stanford with another edition of the Eagle Hour. We're broadcasting live this afternoon from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg, and we are glad you're with us. Going to be talking baseball a little later in the show. It's a big anniversary coming up uh, for a really famous aspect of Southern Miss baseball. We're going to talk to you about that. We'll, of course, have to talk about the uh, Super Bowl, and uh, I want to talk about the halftime show. We had a big debate here uh, in the studio this morning. Oddly enough, uh, Luke Johnson, all the men in the building found the Super Bowl halftime show sort of uh, sort of sleazy and uh, and just not uh, really not to our liking, while the women in the building seem to think it was great. So we'll uh, we'll be discussing that a little later as well. Jody Lott's going to join us a little later in the show to talk about the baseball uh, anniversary that we want to tell you about. Uh, but we're going to start off the show right after uh, we plug our first sponsor uh, by talking a little basketball. I want to thank Dickie's Barbecue Pit for sponsoring the show each and every day. It's just a great restaurant. It's just a good place to eat seven days a week. The food's always fresh. It's always hot. It's always really, really good. And, of course, Dickies will cater any event you have and bring that delicious food to you, whether it's a church deal or maybe an office party or a family get-together. Don't spend your time cooking and cleaning. Sit back, relax, and let Dickies do the cooking, and uh, Dickies will always make it delicious and easy for you. All right, Luke, a good weekend for you, I hope, uh, as we uh, dive headfirst into basketball. Yeah, it was. I had a great time uh, with the game we're about to talk about. Great time watching the Super Bowl last night. Beautiful weekend. and uh, But how, how exciting was it Saturday in Reed Green Coliseum, 2 p.m. tip uh, against Charlotte? Golden Eagles win 74-68 to in overtime. And this was a game um, that the Eagles really grinded it out. They only played... Uh, seven guys again. Uh, a couple guys have been uh, lost for the season due to some academic stuff. But check this out. Drain and Watson play all 45 minutes, including the five-minute overtime. Kanatsik, 43 minutes. Stevenson, 42 minutes. And Harper Baker, 39 minutes. You want to talk about a gut check, and you want to talk about some guys that really grinded it out. Austin Leslie and, and Jack Domi came off the bench for a combined 11 minutes. But the Eagles... 74 to 68. And this was one of those games, Bob, early in the game. What I was concerned about, Eagles were playing pretty good, and, and Charlotte's one of the best shooting teams in the entire league, and you thought they would start picking it up. And uh, Eagles jumped out, I think it was like to a 13 to 5 um, lead, and, and uh, Charlotte uh, came back some. Uh, but the Golden Eagles were just able to, to hang on and, and make runs when, when they did. It was, a, it was a really, really good home win for the Golden Eagles. Yeah. Uh... No doubt about that seventh win of the season uh, after losing to Old Dominion Thursday. Fair to say it was a bit of a surprise how well the Eagles played Saturday. 
Yeah, and, and Charlotte was off the mark first. Um, they, they really couldn't find anything really in the first five minutes of the game, but Golden Eagles really uh, took took advantage of that, held Charlotte, one of the best shooting teams in the league, to 40%. Eagles shot 50%. And when you look at some of these individual statistics, uh, Drain hit three threes. He led the Eagles with 21. He was 9 of 14 from the field. But you want to talk about, again, um, one of the hardest worker working players on this entire team, Harper Baker, 16 rebounds. 18 mm. points, 16 rebounds, 14 on the defensive um, end of the court. And when you think about you know, a guy down low, you're thinking, okay, that, that guy's 6'10", 6'11". He's 6'5", 14 rebounds. Uh, Tyler Stevenson had a double-double, 14 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, Kanatsik, um hit a couple big threes early in the ballgame. He finished with 15 points. It was one of those wins where – you, you felt like the Eagles had this in them, um, that they could knock off some teams uh, towards the top of the league, and the, the stuff just fell right. What I'm, what I'm thankful for, we, we finished the game. Um, we, we got down some, we came back, and then going into overtime, we outscored uh, the 49ers 8-2 to and win 74-68. All right, so that leaves uh, the standings looking like this as we go into a new week. Louisiana Tech and North Texas. On top of the league, both eight and two in conference. Uh, Louisiana Tech is seventeen and five. North Texas is fourteen and nine. Western Kentucky, one of the upcoming opponents for Southern Miss, is seven and three in the conference, fourteen and eight overall in third place. Florida Atlantic comes in in fourth. I'm sorry, Florida International in fourth. Florida Atlantic fifth. Charlotte uh, will be in sixth place. The uh, 49ers now drop to twelve and nine, six and four after losing to the Golden Eagles. UAB, Old Dominion, UTEP, Texas, San Antonio, Southern Miss's next opponent, Marshall, is 4-6 and six in the conference, 10-13 and 13 overall. The Golden Eagles move out of the basement, move up two spots. They're 3-7 and seven in the league and 7-16 uh, and 16 overall, and they're followed by Rice, which is 10-13, and 2-8 and eight in Middle Tennessee, 6-17, and 2-8. And and All right, so a good win, Luke, uh, no question for the men. Uh, I'm starting to get a little concerned about the women. Uh, they get beat this weekend 63-59 uh, after trailing 34-31 at the half. Uh, the Lady Eagles, Luke, have lost five straight games. What seems to be the problem? Charlotte's 14-6 and six, uh, overall. They're fourth or fifth in the conference. We, we were 3-5 and five going in this game. They were even 4-4 four and four going in this game. But it was, again, um, you just look at uh, – we, we outscored them in the first quarter, 21-18. Second quarter, you only scored 10 points. And that's really uh, where where it came into play. Couldn't keep up with them. Trailed some at the half. You look at specifically uh, what some of these players did. Um, we're sad to report Shante Hills is injured again. Um, she, she didn't play uh, that much in the game. And we saw this down the stretch uh, last year when, when Shantae was out. Um, she's really the key and, and the engine that fires uh, the entire team. Respect Lee Part, 17 points, 12 rebounds, double-double for her. But it, it, it's going to be a question for the Lady Eagles, how, how long is Shantae Hills out? Uh, they, they played, you know, only got beat by four. Uh, but if, if, she's un, if she's unavailable for two to three games, um, this losing streak might continue. They, they just got to... They they got to be able to to break out of it. Upcoming you know, two games at home this week: Marshall and Western Kentucky. And when you look at the standings, uh, Western Kentucky uh, one game ahead of Charlotte. Uh, Marshall uh, t- 
tied with Southern Miss at three and six. So Lady Eagles hopefully can get one of those this week and try to get a little momentum um, towards the uh, last half of the season. Yeah, both teams uh, upcoming for the Lady Eagles are right in front of the team in the standings. Old Dominion in first place. Sorry, Rice in first place. Nine and zero, fourteen and six. Old Dominion in second, eight and one, eighteen and three. They're very good. UAB in third place. They're seven and three in the league, fifteen and seven overall. They're tied with Middle Tennessee. Same uh, conference and uh, out of conference record. And Western Kentucky uh, comes in fifth, six and three, fourteen and six. The Lady Eagles fall to six seven to eighth place. Now three and six, eleven and nine. Uh, they remain ahead of North Texas Marshall. Florida Atlantic, Louisiana Tech, San Antonio, and Florida International. And how many teams make the tournament, Luke? Is is it not eight teams? I believe so on the women's side. On the men's side, I think the bottom two don't get in. Need to verify that, but yeah. I'll let you know a little later in the program for okay. sure. Go, go back to the men for a second. Um, they're they're just going to have to get a little more depth. I, I don't I don't think um, they've just been without people. You lose two guys because of uh, some some stuff. Uh, but going down the stretch, man, the Eagles got to be able to play more than seven guys. Mm-hmm. That is just asking. Uh, I mean, you got two guys that didn't come out the entire game. That's just kind of you know what what they've been doing. I should mention Harper Baker, and this is something else you don't get that much from a big man. Harper Baker got a double double. But he only scored eight points because he had ten assists. One of your bigs down low has ten assists. Harper Baker um, with with Drain's outside shooting and and Watson's uh, score making ability. Sometimes Harper Baker gets lost in it. Stevenson's really been the answer underneath uh, for Jay Ladner's squad. But Leonard Harper Baker, uh, the senior out there, has has been really good. Looking, looking at these next two games, um, Thursday at Marshall, Saturday at Western Kentucky, it, it's just going to be really hard to, to win in, in Bowling Green. Uh, Marshall, on the other hand, Eagles, I think it's a must win. If you want to begin to uh, get some momentum going into to bonus play, only four games left until bonus play. Florida Atlantic and uh, FIU are above uh, Charlotte in conference standing. So you're, the next three out of your four games are against the top top five teams in, in Conference USA. Uh, bonus play begins on February the 22nd, and there will be five games of that. So maybe you can knock off FAU or FIU, but it's going to be really hard to, to go 3-1, and 2-2, two and two, probably the best scenario for the Eagles uh, in these Final the Four. The famous bonus play just around the corner, sports fans. Always adds a little, what would you say, dose of confusion, uh, shall we say, in Conference (laughs) USA basketball at the end of the year. All right, nothing confusing about the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. They're the new world champions. Uh, Great football game yesterday. Uh, Good to talk about that, about halftime, about the commercials, uh, all the traditional things we talk about regarding the big game, as uh, we're legally supposed to say. I don't know if that ends now that the game is over. But you, you know, I was thinking that, but you've already said it twice, so might there as well. There we go. So the lawsuit <laughs> could bad. be flying any moment now. <laughs> all right, we'll be right back. Psst. 
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us on a Monday afternoon. This segment sponsored by our good friends at Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. We know you know about the store, but you need to go down there on a regular basis because they're constantly changing out their merchandise. Uh, They're getting in a lot of baseball stuff right now, a lot of uh, spring and summer clothes uh, for you ladies. And uh, it's just a great place to shop if you're a Golden Eagle fan. Great name brands, huge selection, biggest selection you'll find anywhere. You can go see them six days a week on Hardy Street, uh, right across the street from the campus, or you can go online at uh, campusbookmart.net. All right, the Super Bowl uh, is in the books. The Kansas City Chiefs are the world champions, and uh, it was an exciting football game. Uh, come from behind, fourth quarter effort by a really good Kansas City team. Two good, really good teams in the game. Got to feel good for Andy Reid, uh, a guy that's been around for a long time, suffered a lot of personal tragedy in his life. Uh, it was just really good uh, from a fan perspective, even a Redskin fan who watched him for years, coached the Philadelphia Eagles. Good to see Andy Reid uh, enjoying that yesterday with his wife, and uh, I think that's I think that's a good story uh, about Andy Reid. I also think it's a good story about the loyal, extraordinarily loyal Kansas City Chiefs fans in Middle America, and uh, this football fan went away feeling good about the game, enjoyed watching the competitiveness of both teams, and happy to see. Uh, I'm just happy to see Kansas City win it uh, after 50 years. That is a long, long time. What I'm, what I wasn't happy about, Luke Johnson, and we had a big discussion about that here in the office this morning, and all the guys on the staff agreed with me. Uh, you know, let me think of how to say this. Like a regular guy, I, I, I enjoy you know the beauty of women as much as any man. I think. Beautiful women are something everybody, every male on the planet, obviously enjoys. But I got to tell you, Luke, I and I don't, I don't want to sound like the old crudgy white guy on the show. But if I'd have had a, if I'd have had a ten year old daughter, I mean, isn't that what you are? Yeah, well, I am. But I'm not saying if, if I'd have had a ten or twelve year old daughter or granddaughter in the room, I would have turned the TV off. I, I just found the display. And, and let me back up and say this. Here was the irony that I saw on the halftime show. Ten minutes before the halftime show is a commercial that shows a young woman uh, kicking a field goal to win a football game. And the theme of the commercial is empower young women. Don't treat young women differently. Young women should be on an equal footing with young men. They can achieve anything they want to in their lives, and you need to respect that. And I totally agree with that message. Ten minutes later, I see two young women gyrating on the stage, hanging on striptease poles, so scantily dressed that it even shocked me. Uh, I don't know, Luke. I, I, I guess I'm out of touch. Maybe I'm. Maybe my generation is out of touch with the generation that governs things like that now. But I found the Super Bowl performance an embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it uh, too much because I, I, I didn't watch it. I was, uh, I was with uh, several people watching it, and I was, I was really proud of uh, <laughs> one of a sixteen-year-old kid from from my church. He's like, "We're not watching this," and then uh, he and I grabbed the remote and changed it. And um, but at the at the same time, what it what it what it displays it, it displays a culture. It displays. Let, let's start with this. 
All right. How does that halftime show start in the middle of a woke Me Too culture? Like, how does that happen? Right. Because everything that 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 side of ideology says is, is that you cannot, you know, you, you can't do that. And then you just there it is. You know, um, I've, I've heard some pushback from progressive liberals about, well, you know, you're you're against a halftime show like this and and you're Trump backers and you know he's he's the same way I'm not talking about it from a political ideology way I'm talking about it from one of the things that that I always have stood for is that people are people and specifically women are not pieces of meat they're people that are made in God's image and their women originally was given to a man in order for him to protect and honor and everything about that halftime show last night dehumanized Jennifer Lopez and Shakira and made them objects of lust or fantasy or whatever you want to do. And at the same time, the, the people that are saying, hey, empower women, like you said, well, it, you can't empower women when you're just making them an, no. an object of, of pleasure. Right. So that's why I wanted nothing to do with it. And I was, and and so we changed it. Uh, we're not going to honor that or be about that. I had a mother later on tell me, "Hey, thanks for doing your job," <laughs> because mm-hmm. that it, it was it was just yeah, you know, it's just sickening. So here's the question: I think Carol Channing uh, did the halftime show 50 years ago when the Chiefs uh, were in the Super Bowl. If that's pushing the here's here's the problem that you run into as a culture. They pushed the envelope last night. So so how do you push the envelope five years from now? How do you push the envelope 15 years from now? You may you may be watching a Super Bowl or have to change, cut it off 15 years from now because um, last night would look like G-rated, relatively right, speaking. Right. So just, it's just it just get yeah, rid of it. I'm grateful get my daughter is a grown woman and uh, and and not a young when, child subjected to this kind of culture anymore. Yeah. So here's some halftime let's, let's shows for you. Game. Here's some halftime shows really quick. Here's what halftime shows should be. Prince, it was awesome. Paul McCartney, Tom Petty, Michael Jackson, The Who. Those were Super Bowl halftime shows with some of the most iconic names in the business. And they were wonderful. They were about music and the things that bring back all of our memories when we hear these songs. Message to the NFL, which obviously they don't care what I think. Uh, go back to these type of guys and, and women uh, in the halftime show, and uh, let's let's have music and let's just not have so much vulgarity. My word! All right, let's in, talk about in it honor of in honor of the Groundhog Day commercial because it probably ranked up there in the top three <laughs> last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Dad and I went to the Super Bowl in '96, our halftime show was the Blue Brothers and, and Led Zeppelin. Ooh. That that's what a that's NFL bad. halftime that's show. A, that's should, pretty good, should be. especially that last yeah. band you yeah. threw out there. That's the that so, would, that would be pretty. Go, go back, yeah. right. go back to the game. Um, San Francisco had it, man. And yeah. okay, so here, here's the the thing. Kyle Shanahan, of course, was the offensive coordinator for the Falcons when they gave up the twenty eight to three lead to the Patriots. Mm-hmm. I felt like Shanahan went conservative in the second half. He's up ten. As far as the, the Chiefs one up it last night, because this is like typical Chiefs. Like, we're going to dig ourselves a hole, or we're going to just, you know, g- give it to the other team, and then we're going to turn on the afterburners. But you think about what they did last night. A top three defense in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes scored three touchdowns in five minutes in the Super Bowl. 
That may be one of the most remarkable finishes to a Super Bowl. You're down 10 with six and a half to go. And with a minute 13 to go in the game, you're up 11. Staggering what they did last night in the fourth quarter. Well, not that I need to defend Shanahan, but I would say this about, about how he played late in the game. The 49ers all year long have just trounced people with the running backs. I mean, they just they run the ball down your throat. And, uh, you know, they, they've been successful doing that against practically everybody they played. And I think he went back to what he felt like had been their strength all year. And, you know, back in the, back in the Joe Gibbs days, I, I do remember that, you know, it was late in the ball game. They start handing that football to John Riggins over and over and over again. A lot of great teams have, have done that through the years. And I think that must have been what Shanahan was thinking. We have the best running attack in the league. Right now we can kill the clock. We can keep Mahomes off the field. And, and the Chiefs just uh, – the Chiefs had the – other thoughts in mind, and I, you, have to, you got to give some credit to that Sandy. I mean, to the Sandy, to the Kansas City defense as well. Luke, they really stepped it up in the fourth quarter. San Francisco came in averaging about two oh four a game on the ground. They rushed for one forty one last night, particularly. And here is a Mississippi mention. I'll talk about Tavares more just in a second. But Chris Jones from Mississippi State. He was a beast on the inside. He had like three or four deflected passes. Mm-hmm. That interior front on uh, from from Kansas City got all kinds of uh, of pressure, and it, it forced uh, it forced some some mistakes for sure. But uh, you know the Southern Miss side of it, Tavarius Moore, he gets a Super Bowl interception, um, and then he, he got the PI on the goal line. Um, I think he was uh, face guarding uh, Kelsey, and so they it led to the second touchdown there in the fourth quarter. But man, for a Southern Miss guy to Southern Miss got two or three shout-outs, I think, um, from mm-hmm. Joe Buck and, and Troy Aikman. For him to get a Super Bowl interception, one of those two that Mahomes uh, – and, and and to see the way that the San Francisco guys responded when when the game was over with tells you a lot. I was impressed. Debo Samuel, number nineteen, wide receiver out of South Carolina, he's a rookie, Bob. And as as much as we see of this generation being unfazed by, oh yeah, whatever, you know, it's going. Debo Samuel, a rookie is on the sideline crying. And I was like, man, I salute that dude and everybody else like that because it hurt it hurt them to lose. Right. And as much as Joy was on the Kansas City side, man, to, I, I had I had mad respect for some of those guys for the 49ers because you could see how much it hurt for them. Because, I mean, let's be honest, you may never be back. That was your shot. Well, take nothing away from the 49ers. They had a great football team this year, and uh, it was just a good Super Bowl. It was a fun way to end the season. Unfortunately, it's... 30 long 30 long weeks away before the NFL suits up again but we'll have to figure out something to do we'll be back one of the things we're going to do is baseball and Jody Lott's going to talk to us about that next Southern Miss to the top. 
Back on a Monday, third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, home of the 895 Lunch. Comes with a sweet tea or cold drink. Stop by and see our friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Well, Bob, next week, next Monday, we will be talking about it being game week. Baseball. Less than officially two weeks away. Softball gets their start this coming uh, week, but next week uh, Murray State comes to town. And it is a very, very, very special year uh, for some of our friends that live the entire baseball season out in uh, the right field, known as the Roost. And uh, to talk about this special year uh, in the history of the Roost, I want to bring on the mayor himself, Jody Lott, and he joins us now. Mayor, how's your Monday going? Going good. How you guys doing? Doing good, man. Thanks for coming on today. And a uh, special year for the Roost this year, huh? Yeah, uh, 35th anniversary. Uh, seems like it was yesterday. Hmm. You've been out there all 35 How? years, Jody? Oh, yeah. Since <laughs> the beginning. Right? Is that right? So you were like, yeah. well, about 15 you know, when you started. Well, we were uh, We were in the – it started out with 10 spots, and we were in the original 10. Mm-hmm. Whose uh, idea was that originally, Jody? Hill Denson. That's what I thought, yeah. You can credit Hill Denson for that, and uh, we had an AD at the time, Bill McClellan, and uh, he swore up and down it would never work. Never work. People weren't going to do that. And uh, Hill had already collected the money, laid it on his desk. He said, uh, well, we'll try. So <laughs> Money talks, Jody. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, actually, you know, the, the fields opened the year before, and back in the back uh, used to be just a barbed wire fence, and we'd throw our chairs over the barbed wire fence and sit out there and watch the games and Toward the end of the season, Hill came out and asked us if we'd be interested in doing it. And I wrote him a hot check to bounce higher than a rubber ball, but I wasn't going to let it pass by. <laughs> now, Luke, you make an annual appearance out there, don't you, to start the season off? Am I right about that? It's a, it's a weekly appearance. It is weekly. I mean, okay. g- give me a little credit. Most of the time, the Friday night game, uh, sometimes I'm out of town, but uh, at the Friday night game, I go out there and uh, Jody's got me a, a sausage dog and I grab a Coke and I sit down and we watch for probably the first two or three innings together. And then I, uh, I I wave at you and your chair backs and then I just go find me a, a, a seat. But um, <laughs> Jody, you know, how has the the roost uh, evolved over the I mean, like right now, just to answer this question. I'll go back to my other question. Like how many spots are there now in the roost? Uh, there are 40 spots. Started out with 10, wow. and then we expanded uh, three times after the original 10. Hmm. Uh, when we first how has started, it evolved? I mean, you, you, yeah, go ahead and, and tell, tell us about how it's evolved and how it started, and then maybe just little things over the years that have just created it to be what it is now. Well, it's, you know, it's like I tell people all the time is, is you know, it started out small, and it continues to get bigger and bigger every year. And there's people that you won't see all through the year, but the opening weekend you'll see them mm-hmm. because that's where they're going to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but when we first started this, uh, the batting cage was over where uh, spots one through twelve is located. Mm-hmm. And then the batting cage was moved to its present location, and that was opened up for spots. Mm. So uh, it, it's been a you know, those first few years, 
you know, were touch and go, but it caught on, and uh, every year it seems to be getting bigger and better. Right. Now, I got one question about something I've seen disappear the last couple of years at the Roost that I used to really enjoy, and that was when the other team, the visiting team, would make an error. There were two cowboy boots that would appear on the, you know, obviously, uh, you know, images of cowboy boots that would appear on the ends of two big sticks, and they would raise the boot around, uh, you know, signifying that the other team had booted the ball. What happened to that, Jody? Well, it's still there. Uh, just just after the third or fourth inning, nobody's able to make it down the hill to grab the boot. And, <laughs> I mean, because they got to get back up. I got you. But, I got you. Uh, I'll tell you a true story. The boot started out as an old army boot on the end of a rope. Mm-hmm. Back in the early 90s, when they'd boot the ball, you know, somebody'd go down there and throw the boot over the wall. <laughs> until Mike Martin threw a fit from Florida State one year because somebody threw the boot over the wall and nailed his relief pitcher in the back of the head. Oh, I got you. Because well, because the, the the visiting bullpen is down there, which is another aspect, Luke Johnson, of the roost. Have you ever sat down there, particularly I would think on a Friday night when you get about midway through the game, uh, at the warm reception the opposing pitchers get from the roost when they're warming up to go in the game? <laughs> I'm usually well, I, back up there with with uh, back up in the main part of the stadium because unless we're really shelling somebody by the third inning, they don't uh, you know they they hadn't put him in there yet. But but I'm sure that Jody uh, lets him know he, he welcome to Hattiesburg for sure. Y'all do welcome them, don't you, Jody? When they're warming oh, up with open arms, we offer them something to drink and eat and <laughs> everything else. What's bad is when you offer one of the pitchers something to drink and. He pitches in middle relief in the seventh inning. He shows up up there. Yeah, that's exactly right. That that has happened before. I'll tell you something else I've seen a lot when I come out to visit. Yeah, I see uh, oftentimes parents and fans from the other school. The schools we're playing are out there socializing with everybody. So it's it's it's, it's, it's harassment only in a fun sense. Am I right? It's really very friendly out there. You you would not believe the people from opposing teams that we still remain friendships with, have friendships with from Old Dominion and Middle Tennessee and even Cal State Fullerton. Right, but that doesn't apply to Ole Miss or Mississippi State, correct? They're not they're not allowed out there. Well, they show up but they don't stay long. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think he means by that? One of the things that uh, it, exactly what he means. They don't stay very long. Um, one of the things that I like about us, uh, particularly on a Friday night, is, and Jody, you can expand on this a little bit. There's, it, it's such a you're, you're not out there just to to watch because you know if you're if you're particularly talking about you know the the pitches you, you may can see where one is or, or not. If it's a left handed batter, you can't really see the strike zone. But from where particularly you sit, you can see Pete Taylor Park and all of its beauty. You can see the crowd. You can see the sun going down, and you can see just it, – it's almost like a panoramic view that you really can't get anywhere else on the whole facility. We we have never missed a call out there. Yeah, I'm sure you have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you have, Jody. Uh, what about uh, – it's a big cookout deal too, right? I mean, people really – they really get into cooking out, and uh, it's not just hamburgers on the grill, is it? No, we've uh... – through the year, uh, as the weather warms up, gets nicer. You know, we expand to other things: the crawfish, uh, briskets, 
pork loin, pulled pork. I mean, you mm-hmm. you can name it. And this fish, I mean, it's been cooked out there. Hey, you know, one of my fondest uh, my fondest times at, at Pete Taylor Park is early in the year when it's cold, and uh, you you look out in the roost and you see fires out there. You see campfires. All around where people have have stoked up a fire and sitting by the fire watching baseball. It doesn't get any better than that, Jody Lott. Well, that, I, we keep fire pits out there just just for that, and uh, that, that's just part of it that makes it enjoyable. Right. Now, is the roost sold out, or could a person still buy a spot there? No, it's uh, probably not in your lifetime when you get a spot, Bob. No, oh, okay. Now, also- can I get on the waiting list? The fish official yeah. waiting list. Uh, yeah, but uh, I don't know if it'll do you any good. Well, the next best option would be to be one of the initial people to buy the table and chairs that now sits uh, down the third baseline, right? Oh, there's no doubt. I can promise you if, if I wasn't in the roost, uh, that's where I would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, it's 2500 for the year, but that's four season tickets. You got your own concession stand. Uh, that, that's the, really the best seat in the house. Right. Right. Uh, have you have you seen that, Luke? That looks really nice as well. Yeah, Jody's been keeping me up to date on that. When I was at the uh, the Pete a few weeks ago, um, everything wasn't settled yet, but it, it's going to be in, in in there for sure. I think it's it's going to have a, a view for people that have never been able to, and very few people, I'll be honest, uh, apart from maybe a few major league parts, are not going to have that view of a baseball game. You know, and and you'll be literally right there behind uh, behind Coach Barry for sure. Jody, what uh, anything special going on uh, for the 35th anniversary of the Roost this year? Uh, we are selling some uh, T-shirts commemorating the 35th anniversary, and uh, all proceeds go to the Dugout Club. Uh, they're pre-selling those at the Dugout Club booth opening weekend, and we hope they are ready by the second weekend. Hmm. Should be good. It's going to be an exciting year. It's going to be a complete new look in a lot of ways, isn't it, Jody? you going to have to have four programs to keep up with all the new ones. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're excited about that. We think it's going to yes, be good. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a total different brand of baseball uh, from what we're used to seeing because we lost a lot of home runs. Right. We we were talking about that the other day. The one thing you're not going to see are the, all those big 6'2", 230-pound studs coming up hitting three-run home runs out of the park. However, uh, we have a lot of talented kids, a lot of good pitching, and a great coach, so we think it's just going to be another great year. Hey, Jody, well, we, go ahead, sir. Finish up. Uh Luke and Bob remember one thing. Uh, Wayne Gray have made his living off of playing small ball. No, that, that, that's 100% You're right. right. Hey, we'll see you in two weeks, Jody. In see the roof. All right, we'll be right back. Eagle Hour continues after this. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Toyota Hattiesburg brings us the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour every single day located on Highway 98. Stop by and see all the great cars they have, cars and trucks. Toyota, one of the best brands in the world. You can also find them online, toyotahattiesburg.com. Men's Tennis. 
takes a 4-1 decision over Lamar um, this past weekend. Actually, yesterday improved to 4-1 and on the year. Both men and uh, women take on Delta State this coming Saturday. Are, are they are they technically the statesmen or the fighting okra, Bob Getty? Technically the statesmen, but uh, their their mascot is the fighting okra. But the, the official name, or they are the statesmen. You would know that. So the statesmen of Delta State take on men and women's tennis this coming uh, Saturday. It was a big weekend for track and field out at the G5 and Super 22 Invitational in Houston. Two new school records broken, multiple top five finishes uh, for John Stewart's uh, track and field team. On the men's side, Eric Richards literally blew the competition out of the water. His high jump, seven feet Four and a half inches. The next closest was six feet, eight and a quarter inches. So Eric Richards, eight inches better than the second place finisher. That jump, Bob, of seven feet and four and a half inches. Right now, he's third in the country. He's 11th in the world. Mm hmm. And he's on your Golden Eagle track. And if you want to appreciate that, folks, what you do is you get, you go home tonight, you get a tape measure and a pencil. And you mark off the seven foot spot on on your wall, some wall in your house, and imagine backing up about twenty or thirty feet and running and jumping over that mark. It's phenomenal when you think about it, Luke, that you could leave it, the ground and be that high up in the air, and your entire body has to go over that height. So you got to think he. He cleared that height, but for him to clear that height, he's actually maybe half an inch over that height. Right. So seven seven feet five inches, Eric Richards, right. and right. uh, pretty incredible. On the on the women's side, uh, Sandra Spot finished second place in the one mile, set a new school record. So you think about you know what people want their mile to be. Sandra just did it in four minutes and forty five seconds, one mile, mm-hmm. four minutes. 45 seconds. Uh, she finished in second place, set a new school record. Multiple top five finishes. Uh, th- I'll tell you what, they're, they're coming nationally. Uh, they're, they're starting to show up. I mean, this is a pretty incredible program. Next week, uh, next weekend, they head to the Music City Invitational at Vandy uh, on Valentine's Day on Friday, February 14th, and then Saturday, February 15th. All this is indoor, and beginning in March, they will start outdoor. Bob, you brought it to my attention, and... Uh, the Independence Bowl announces a tie-in for the next six years, specifically for 2021 and 2025. Conference USA will play, should play BYU, a game against BYU in 2021, 2025. But who knows? With somehow, you know, some of these uh, different tie-ins, uh, a league can't fill their spot. So next six years, multiple Conference USA teams may be able to appear in the in the uh, Independence Bowl. Now, you know, one thing I didn't understand about that announcement, though, was to see, and that's exactly what it says. A CSU, CUSA representative is scheduled to face BYU in both the 2021 and 2025 seasons. Does that mean during the regular season, or does that mean – how, how could they say who Conference USA is going to play in their bowl game? Well, if, if you look at it, it's a six-year agreement, and Army is half of those and BYU is half of those. So what that means is if Army or BYU are eligible and they're not eligible like for a, 
a New Year's Six Bowl, or obviously they're not in the college football playoff, that's the bowl they'll go to. I got you. Okay. So well, it, it's just if BYU's not bowl eligible or Army's not, obviously it changes. But Conference USA guaranteed uh, 2021-2025 a, a, a spot in the Independence Bowl. And, I mean, that just makes sense since we've been a, you know, a, a replacement tie-in uh, for a while, and I think it just makes sense. Stand on football, and we'll talk more about this this week. Um, we talked about how the NFL won't be around uh, for, I think Bob said, another 30 weeks. XFL starts this weekend, so you're not a, a weekend with, without football. Eight teams starting up at the XFL, Dallas, Houston, Los Angeles, New York, Washington D.C., Tampa Bay, Seattle, and St. Louis. Uh, some some rule changes, some interesting stuff. We'll talk about that later in the week. But we should mention Julian Julian Allen, who was a tight end for the Eagles in uh, sixteen and seventeen. He begins uh, makes the opening day roster for the Dallas Renegades. Uh, the game will be this coming Sunday on ESPN. Uh, he's going to be playing. For Dallas, so Southern Miss, not only in the Super Bowl, but in the brand-new XFL. Bob, I remember when I was a senior in high school, they tried this, and it lasted like three weeks. Right. <laughs> so, I don't think it's going to last much longer this job. time, do you? Hey, I know you were happy yesterday. I hope you caught the commercial with your hero, Tom Brady, in it. Did you see that, Luke? I saw that, and I went back and watched it several times. I thought that was – I thought it was the best commercial by far. You're, yeah. you're setting this up. Tom Brady's going to retire. And then he starts doing his little ad script. And then he's right. like, hey, for me, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. Go. And all the AFC East groaned. <laughs> That's exactly correct. All right, that wraps it up for today. I guess Kelly will be rejoining us tomorrow. We never know exactly. Uh, but somebody will be here, and we hope you will too, tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. To, to the, the top. Talk Mississippi Media Production.